need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. And today's Homily Highlight from Father Tim Makaitis. The words of Jesus this morning are pretty profound and amazing words to speak to an ancient Galilean fisherman <clears throat> who was likely unlearned in whatever the scholarship was at that time. But I'm sure that Peter had his own sense of, of who the Messiah would be. And Peter certainly was immersed in the Jewish faith and the Jewish culture of ancient times. We read between the lines about what kind of man Peter was. We don't know his age exactly. He was probably in his 30s, around the same age as Jesus, probably not much more than that. The work of fishermen at that time was very, very hard, very backbreaking, and it would be, would be a, healthy, a healthy fellow that would need to be able to pull rope nets aboard and load in fish and hoist things. So Peter, or Rocky, as Jesus called him, affectionately this morning. It's a nickname, whether he looked like a rock, which is likely, particularly his upper body, from pulling and, and hoisting and all of that. But maybe his personality, there was something about Peter. Peter was likely a wealthy man of the time. <clears throat> he had his own fishing business. His brother Andrew and James and John fished with them. He had his own boat, his own, his own home. So likely he was considered pretty wealthy and a successful businessman, a fishing business. And fish at that time was a great trade. People ate a great deal of seafood. And so Peter probably had a natural kind of organizational sense. But nonetheless, it could have been any of the apostles who answered the way that Jesus did, or the way, the way that Peter did. But these words are quite amazing. You are Peter on this rock. On you, Rocky, I will build my church. On the profession of your faith that is rock solid because it is so profoundly true. And upon you, your person, Peter, this is how the way, the way we see it in the, as, as Catholics. Both Peter's rock-solid faith, at least in that profession, and upon his person. And so, of course, it's the origin of the papacy. 266 popes later, we now have Peter, who's named Francis, among us. So these words are very important for understanding the structure of the church, the institution of the church, how Jesus recognized that he didn't want his church, his believers, to just be amorphously wandering around with no particular boundaries, no particular understanding or structure. So he establishes in these words the important structure of the church. The Pope, Peter, the apostles, who will then become the bishops and the Pope profoundly guiding and keeping the church together in a sign of unity. It's like the spokes of the wheel. You need that center part. The spokes are put there. Without that center part, the wheel's just going to fly apart. So we have our Holy Father who then holds on, keeps the church unified as one. He is the sign of unity. Also what Jesus was saying here, and maybe which is even more 
more profound in understanding the responsibility that Jesus was handing on to Peter. Peter, I want you to be the prime minister of my kingdom. I will be leaving, and you will take my place until I return. So we call the Pope the vicar of Christ on earth. When Jesus returns, there won't be any need for a Pope anymore. Thank God the boss is back, finally. Nonetheless, so because the prime minister stands in the place of the king or queen in the kingdom, he or she represents that person and governs accordingly. And so that is what Jesus is doing here, passing that authority on to them. What a great gift it is. And even though we all know Christian Catholic history over the centuries has been pretty, pretty rocky over the time as it is today as well, nonetheless, the church hasn't just flung apart. We're still somewhat sense of unity around the Holy Father as that profound and important sign. So the questions that Jesus asks, two very important questions, one very general, but one very personal. In case you haven't heard, we are now in a presidential election year. Has anyone not heard that yet? Oh my goodness, what a year it's going to be. It's already, what a year it's going to play itself out. We don't know. Many prayers needed for the unity and healing of this nation. What we are doing at this time, then, with the presidential candidates is evaluating them. We're getting to know them, to understand them as a person, to understand their platforms and their positions. And we're certainly not going to take a poll this morning because we're, I'm afraid we might fly apart if we did. But the point is we are assessing the candidates, as we always do. We're looking at them, we're studying them. Do I agree with this person? Would he or she be, be a, a person who would be the next president or not, and the reasons why. That's what we're doing. So we have all kinds of opinions. You name a candidate, and you'll hear an opinion about who I think they are or what I think they're like. So that's what Jesus was doing. Who do people say that I am? Who's evaluating? What do they think of me? Well, some say you're the prophet Elijah, return. The great prophet of the old, the greatest of all the prophets of the Old Testament who went to heaven on a fiery chariot. We think you're Elijah, who symbolizes the Messiah. Or maybe you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead. You certainly preach in the spirit of John, calling people to repentance and conversion. Or maybe you're like Jeremiah, the prophet who warned the people about the Babylonians coming in that they needed to repent to return to the covenant, and Babylon came in and destroyed the, the, the temple of Israel at the time and took the people off cap, captive. Maybe you're Jeremiah or some other prophet because you have a prophetic way of speaking. So Jesus heard the opinions, and maybe there were others that they expressed. But then he turns the next question, which is so important, not only for the disciples, the apostles, but even more importantly now for every single one of us as individuals. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Perhaps it was a moment of what we say pregnant silence among the apostles. We don't know what they were individually, what they were thinking. Maybe they too had mixed opinions about who this man is. Certainly mysterious. 
certainly powerful, certainly compassionate, has a special relationship with God, calls him his own father. But then Peter speaks out, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And that makes all the difference. You're not just the Messiah. You are sent by God, the son of the living God, not just an earthly king. You come from God. And therefore, Jesus recognized that Peter, despite his limitations, was chosen by his own father, anointed to be the one, the one who would take his place to continue the missionary and begin the missionary activity and hold the ancient Christian church together as Peter did. And so that question then to the apostles, as they got to know Jesus more over the remaining years before his ascension, in the same way with Peter, I'm sure, as they grew in an understanding of him and came to recognize him as as the one sent from God after the resurrection and the, and the Pentecost, their opinions and their fire all changed to share the good news, even to the point of giving their death, doing so by giving their lives. But now the question comes to us more than 2,000 years later and continues to be asked. Every culture, every, every, every age seems to continue to ask the same question and there's still all kinds of opinions out there about who this man was or is. Who is Jesus? Broadway answered it back in the 70s with, he's a superstar, Godspell, he's a clown on the stage. He's like that, and his followers are like a circus in the Broadway musical Godspell. Bring it up even closer to our time. We hear talk about Jesus as a great philosopher, a great teacher, but not particularly divine. He's certainly not God. That's what we hear today, and all kinds of other opinions, maybe personally. But who do you say that he is for you? That's a question we must all answer if we're going to be genuine followers of Christ. If you see him as a teacher, then you will want to get to know his teachings. If you see him as a kind man doing good for others, then you want to do the same, to do good for others. But if you see him as Lord and God, as Lord of your life, as the one sent from heaven, if you see him like the truth that Peter proclaimed, then it must include the resurrection, must include the crucifixion, must include all that Jesus did and said and to recognize where I fit into that person who's Christ, the Lord of my life, then I will give myself to others, not counting the cost, good in his name, to bring others to the gospel, or carry out my mission through my marriage, my family life, through my single life, through my ordination, through wherever finding myself in the whole journey of life for all of us, I'll carry out his mission according to my abilities and my state in life because he is Lord of my life and there's nothing else more important than that. So how we answer the question will depend how we live our life. Let's pray that God inspires us and pushes us 
where we need to be pushed and helps us come to recognize our own need for conversion, our own need to follow Christ, the Lord, who is the Son of God. And that is Father Tim McKaitis, pastor at Queen of Peace Catholic Church in Salem. And remember, you can find more details and listen to that homily again. Just head over to materdayradio.com. There on the front page, you will find all of our great locally produced shows, The Morning Blend, and all of our interviews, including the homily you just heard. You'll also access all of our programming on the Hail Mary media app.